0: On this episode of Quantum Week, September 15th through 21st, 1985. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year, and we talk about movies and music and headlines, and we are in September 1985, talking about back to the future and money for nothing.
1: That's right, and we do have our, our Patreon page membership thing up. <laughs> what do we call it?
0: Well, why don't you, you describe a little bit more? I think, I think the people will like how you're describing this. Uh, no.
1: Uh, Become a patron. Yeah. You become a patron and then you get access to, uh, shows on Sundays. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, but we have, we want to thank some patrons.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, we, I think we shouted out a few last week, but we also have, uh, Kevin M Matthew E, uh, Robinson R (laughs) and Brian T. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Robinson R especially. Yeah. Mm, Thank you. can't imagine who that would be. Um,
1: (laughs) And uh, so one thing I do want to talk about is uh, a movie poll. So if, if you're not a patron, this might be the first time you're hearing about this. So for Christmas, we wanted to do a thing where fans pick the movie that we're going to cover on Christmas week. Right. So how it works when we have a guest on. So let's say we're going to bring on a guest for the show. We tell them, hey, what movie do you want to cover? And then we kind of build a week around that um so like for instance you know when we had kirk on he wanted to do karate So and then we built the week right kind of, you know we did 1984 and did the whole week right around okay. so we're gonna do that with you guys so how it's gonna work is and the nominations by the way start now um so you tweet at quantum week yep and say i want to nominate this movie for the poll whatever movie you want to do whatever and it's whatever movie you want to do as long as it was in the top 10 at some point at some point in the last 40 years right Basically, any movie in the last forty years that had a wide release in theaters will do. Um, and nominate that movie, and then make sure you tag me. I'm at QE Chris because I'm going to be the one keeping the spreadsheet. And the first sixteen nominations are are going to be in the in the running. Is
0: do we that, do one per one per person too? Yes, one per handle, one per, one per account. Right. Okay. So
1: once I have those sixteen movies, the following weeks, that first week in December, I'm going to set up uh, a series of four polls, four movies in each poll. And then that will get us down, uh, you know, we'll take the top movie each day. And then, that, and then the following week, we'll do a final poll with the final four movies left.
0: It's brackets, baby. Yeah.
1: Brackets, baby. <laughs> um, so uh, it's a very complicated way of saying, if you have a movie that you've always wanted us to cover, um, just simply tweet at Quantum Week and just say, hey, this is the movie I want to cover. And then um, uh, tweet, tweet and make sure you tag me as well. And uh, we'll put that movie in the, in the running.
0: Yeah. So then, right. So and then we'll let you decide who who comes, uh, who's victorious, what movie is victorious, and we'll we'll do the, We'll build a week around that movie, basically. Right.
1: Yeah. Great. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Think so.
0: Yeah. We also
1: have a mailbag. We want
0: to start. It's a uh, lot of a lot of stuff at the top of the show. Yeah, it's funny because we talked. Well, we did talk about these things on the page. So we're sort of. It feels like we're rehashing, it, but we're not. But, but we're if, not. We're, we thought maybe we'd do. Some people have questions or have thoughts. And so we figured, okay, well, we'll give it. We'll put out an email address if people want to send those to us, and they're interesting or not. Maybe we'll read them on air. Who knows? But uh, email thequantumweek at gmail.com, uh, You know, questions, comments. Yeah,
1: anything you've ever kind of wanted. You know, we'll talk, anything you've ever wanted to ask. But like, I know we're on Twitter. I have some questions. If this is even a great, I don't even know. But thing. we'll we'll figure it we'll, out. We'll see. Um, Because, you know, obviously on Twitter, you can ask us stuff too. And hopefully, you know, we can have those movie
0: debates on Twitter and stuff. But maybe you like to be read on the air. Maybe? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Someone suggested it, right? Right. So we figured we'd try it out. We'll try it. Yeah. Yes. Well, that, that'll be up. This could be short-lived. But yes. This could be well, short-lived. the email address will be there. But who knows if yes. we'll ever do well, who knows that. That'll end up being in a few months.
1: <laughs> right. uh, so... Uh, yes. Okay. So one thing I am excited about is we have a, a sponsor for a while, for a few weeks. We, we, right. we partnered up with uh, Tutors, um, and Tutors does uh, CBD uh, oil as well, uh, like uh, tinctures as well as a solve, yep. um, and it helps with a number of things, including uh, anxiety, pain, insomnia, a whole bunch of stuff. And they sent uh, the people at Tutors. I've been talking with the guy named Nick. He's been great. They sent us. Um, salve and uh, and, and the, the droplets, tincture. Yeah. the tincture droplets. Um, Matt got the solve. I got the droplets. Um, if you're not familiar with two tours, uh, their slogan is we came home together, we grow together, and that's because they are veteran owned and operated. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's guys that served overseas, um, uh, and then came back, and they've opened up, um, this, uh, you know, with the ability to be able to provide CBD products to uh, people like us. That's right. Um, and they are a pick tennessee product uh that's a that's a big deal i guess uh, in the tennessee area um and um but they're able to obviously to ship nationwide
0: um so matt you've tried the Sav? yeah so i i know that i talked about this you know earlier i think it was probably late summer but i went over my handlebars and split my face up and uh Did. broke my wrist yes. <laughs> i was a I was very a bad complete mess and, you know, it's it's interesting to to know, like, when you break a, a bone, uh, it, it's not just about healing the bone. That's the issue, the issue. I was in a cast for seven weeks, so that means all the ligaments around it, they don't, like, they get fixed in a particular way. So then, so it, it takes so much longer to recover once you're out of the cast than being in the cast in the first place. Like, I might not be completely right for six months plus. I still experience pain and flexibility issues, and if I overwork it, but, you know, just typing and and using my mouse all day. I'm on the computer all day. My, I'll get inflammation there and I get a lot of pain. So yeah. So I've been using the salve for, for my wrist. I've been putting it on my wrist and, and forearm and it's really helped relieve a lot of the pain around, around this, you know, this, the, the after effects of this fracture. So thanks to, uh, thanks to the guys at two tours for sending that to me and I'm going to continue to use it. If you guys want to use it too, you can go to, was it two tours.com? It's two tours.com. And yep. if you use the
1: promo code QW, you get 10% off and you get free shipping. So that's two tours.com. So then it's written out T W O. Yep. Tours.com. And the promo code is QW and you get 10% off uh, and free shipping.
0: Support the show. Support this awesome veteran owned organization. Awesome. Let's get into back to the future. Yeah. Uh, back to the future. Yes. Uh, you love this film. I do love this film. It's cool. a great film, quite a bit. Yeah. Um, you don't love this film? I I just said it's a great film, but you you made like I love it. I re- oh because I know that you'd be excited because I get excited when you get excited. Okay, <laughs> it's strange, but okay. Sure. <laughs> whatever, whatever. What? Okay. When you're happy, I'm happy.
1: Yeah, that's odd. It's <laughs> uh, <is> that odd. <laughs> but yes, I do I do love this movie quite a bit. This is the movie. Um, I've seen the most of any movie in the world. Really? Yeah, I've, I don't. I, I've never seen any movie more than I've seen Back to the Future.
0: I don't think that's the case for me. I have seen it a shit ton. Probably not in thirty years, though, or twenty five years, I would guess. I have not seen really? it. Really? Yeah, I, it's not one that I would ever think to go back to. You do you have you had cable the last? Thirty years? Yeah, I stopped cable about five years ago, um, and I never really watched movies. I don't care about watching movies on. When I had HBO as a kid, I would watch movies there, but I don't like the commercial situation. I would just, you know. But I even would like rent just flipping,
1: flipping around, you just never would
0: like honestly, fall upon something. When I was watching TV, it was more sports.
1: Yeah, I mean that's kind of where I am now. I mean I get it. But it's just, sometimes you'll say things and it's like, where where, where has this guy been well, like, they're, the last like thirty years? You know, I've probably seen I've seen thousands of movies though. I, I know, just but like I you tend to
0: watch new movies. I don't tend to like to go back.
1: You didn't know like Billy Madison and the Sandlot were like iconic films to some people.
0: Well it's because when I saw it and I know they were pieces of shit. I couldn't imagine <laughs> anybody else uh would want to watch you, these but things. But other
1: people have conversations that you, you happen to hear or you just, just like be uh, in the world uh, I existing.
0: Like to, uh, <laughs> I like to, you know, I like to zone them out. But you at least acknowledge to that, that Back to the Future is an iconic movie. Oh fuck movie. yeah! Yeah. What do you? Are there, we're gonna. We're, this is gonna be a love fest for this oh, movie. Yeah, we're it, not gonna it fight is. about it. it is. So yeah. Uh
1: you know this movie is brilliant. It's one of my absolute favorites. I will admit I don't love it as much as I did maybe when I was five sure. or ten or fifteen even. Um, but it is. I was thinking about it. Um, I think it's the greatest family movie ever. What I mean by that is like anything that's. I don't want to say PG rated or better because Jaws is PG and Jaws is better than this. Sure. But I wouldn't, I would hesitate to call That's it That's not a family movie. Yeah. I guess this is more family than Jaws is. Fuck yeah. Yeah. But so this is, yeah, so so this, is then, this is the greatest I think you're right. family movie.
0: And we, we've uh, railed on other movies before in the past because, because uh, they don't know what they want and they're trying to please all audiences and they fail. But this is not that. This is for anybody. You're, I, I liked, very much liked watching this as oh, an adult. And-
1: I enjoyed the hell out of it watching yeah. it, and I this is you know whatever the thousandth time I've seen this movie, and I I enjoyed the hell out of it. This movie also you know we just had done Forrest Gump uh, a couple weeks ago, yeah, and this movie is, is kind of shows exactly why Forrest Gump I think and I think you'll agree with me here fails. You know both the movies are directed by Robin Zemeckis, yep, and um, Forrest Gump makes the mistake of trying to do too much. So everything Forrest does, it's like a national like ripple effect. Yeah, like he creates you know the the dance Elvis does. He writes the lyrics to imagine, like right. he, he, everything he does has this huge thing. Where Marty's things are very small, they have ripple effects for sure, and you see that. But they just exist in the Hill Valley universe, except for one time, and that's during the very near the end of the movie, when he does the Chuck Berry song. That's right. Which creates a whole world of issues. So let's isolate that. I'm assuming everyone has seen Back to the Future a number of times. This is a probably might might I, is this more famous than ET? This might be the most famous movie we've ever covered. On the show. It's
0: close. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, so we're going to just get right into the nitty gritty here. Uh, so he's playing the Johnny B. Good stuff, and his cousin, uh, says, Hey, Chuck, this is the sound you've been looking for. Right. But it's his own sound. Like it's a Chuck Berry song, Johnny B. Good. So, if you're Chuck Berry on the other side of that phone, are you thinking this is the sound that I've actually have already been working on? Or are you now inspired to write this song that creates a paradox because, Michael J. Fox knew the song before. So like it, yeah. it doesn't and the, you know, they they got too cute by right, too much. there.
0: probably didn't need to do it.
1: And that became what you know, the Forrest Gump issues later on. Yeah. Do you agree that the Hill Valley stuff is so much more interesting than way having, more yeah.
0: things are kind of isolated within even his family too. It's like, you know, way more nuclear than than the town. I mean, he does. He says to the um to the the guy who will become the mayor Goldie oh, Wilson, yeah, Goldie Wilson. You'll be, uh, yeah, you'll be mayor or something. Yes. He, but he sort of does that absent-minded. He doesn't mean to, like, he doesn't sort of mean to. Is, Goldie, I, Wilson,
1: is Goldie Wilson the worst mayor ever? That town looks like a Decay. shithole when they get back. Like he's like
0: garbage. of his bum sleeping on the park bench. That, there's like two porno theaters apparently in town. It's it's like this old... It looks like a town of like 3,000 people too. How do you let that thing de- decay so Cody much? Tony
1: Wilson is the worst, <laughs> the worst mayor top. of all time. That town is a shithole.
0: Jesus. It is awful. It's funny because I didn't recognize that in the beginning. Maybe because you don't really see... The, I guess maybe you don't see the town a lot before he goes back, right? You do, but do it's you?
1: all done in... Um, so you, in the very beginning. So he um, yeah, yeah. When he's away for school... Right. You kind of... You, you oh, can't. Like, and he's like behind, like, this, yes. he's skateboarding behind cars all around town, but there's a lot of like product placement there to kind yeah. of show the commercialization of 1985, I guess, comparatively to eight to 55. But, um,
0: but so, you don't see like trash all around. It, it doesn't, it isn't until he comes only back.
1: Nighttime, nighttime in Hill Valley is fucking <laughs> shit. It's <laughs> fucking it's insanity.
0: It's like Castlevania. The fucking sun goes down. The vampires come exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> it gets really, shit. And I guess in
1: the morning they clean up all the trash. I every so. day I, Cause it was so much garbage. <laughs> it
0: was bad. I'm like, you really wanted to come back here? What the fuck? Hill, Hill
1: Valley, Hill Valley has some problems, but I love Hill. And they, and they, and to their credit, you know, we won't talk too much about the sequels cause hopefully we'll run into them. But, um, you know, Hill Valley becomes, like, a character in the sequels as well, as much as it is in this movie. Sure. And keeping it super isolated is so much more fun than making it this, like, national thing. Right. I think. I think it's a more fun... I absolutely
0: agree. Because you can agree. really get
1: your hands around it, and you can really start to, like, chuckle at a lot of the payoffs that these jokes deliver on.
0: You can also forgive it. Like, you know, there's some if I wanted to be an asshole, I could talk about some of the issues that would happen with the time travel, the sci-fi element of this movie. Like you could really, you could kind of say, "Mm," you could be really critical of that, but I would be way more critical of that if they did all the, all the, uh, Forrest Gump stuff. So it doesn't match up to all the time traveling you've done in the past. You're a son of a bitch. It (laughs) It hasn't (laughs) stacked up when you went back in time. It didn't feel the same way. There's, I didn't want to get into this. There are paradoxes all over the places that the place that will happen if well, it, make, it makes no
1: like in theory the second his parents are not going to get together he should have just vanished, right exactly this yep. shouldn't
0: be a slow right you wouldn't see the right you right. wouldn't see that and uh, so now we are getting into this and their parents, his so his parents are so better off so much better off who's to say that he would have been born anyway exactly they or would have or lived in they that have had neighborhood in that exact
1: same right right and he would still be in this kind of a shabby house. kind of a shabby yeah. house yeah. yeah there's so much a paradox i think that's more um I, I don't want to say potholes,
0: but maybe pot conveniences. Well, yeah, you weren't going to see. I mean, he needed to get home, and if he goes and knocks on someone's door, well, and he's there, not there, Doc could have brought him to a different house. That's Doc true, br- too.
1: And Doc would have known where this Marty lives. That's true, too. So he really could have actually brought him to a could've better worked. house. I mean, probably
0: Honestly, it, it might have been a budget
1: thing, or it might have just been a thing to kind of, it's more fun to see the same house look nicer. Yeah, I just think I agree.
0: I'm way more forgiving of that in this film than some of the the stuff that they use in Gump because it doesn't, it's, it's just so, yeah, it's way more, it's way less uh, of a, of a fucking hammer over your head. The
1: stuff that's done here, like with the house thing, that's done, I think more for fun. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, it's done for entertainment. Like it's more fun to see the picture slowly vanish. Yeah, exactly. To have him just disappear or whatever all, or the risk of disappearing all at once. I agree. So I think it's a fun way to, you know and we don't really know how time travel works so there is a possibility that maybe that is how it would happen yeah. i know you've time traveled but i have and most people <laughs> listening haven't so you know for the rest of us mere mortals uh, it might be it might be just a fun it could be
0: yeah yeah i so do you also the car is also a fucking character in this film i mean that's one of the most iconic things that the delorean is like it's the coolest
1: yeah i love that it's so awesome yeah why don't they make these
0: they should delorean the company went out of business i know in and we're going to talk about and, a little bit ahead of headlines. okay yeah.
1: um but um but why why don't they just make why doesn't like someone just buy the rights to that design and make a fucking? I would buy a DeLorean.
0: I would buy a DeLorean. That's so cool. The it's gold just, doors and just like drive yeah. around and shit. Yeah. Have you seen the pimped out versions where they'll make them sort of? They'll make them black instead. Like they'll just do a little small, you know, some small touches um, that I think make them super. Some of sweet. them even make it so they can fly. Right. So did you have any issue with? They never explain why they're friends. Never.
1: It's so strange.
0: It's so cool. Like why do you uh, have this rant this random old guy it is an eccentric scientist. And Marty And not, Marty.
1: And Marty's not a loser. No,
0: Marty's. Like, cool. Marty's not the
1: like the coolest guy in school, maybe. Like he doesn't seem to be like the most but he isn't he's got no, like he's a, a good he's dude. Got though. a looking girlfriend. Yeah. He's in a he's in a band, theory his bandmates kinda like him. You know, and like he has friends, he's got stuff going on. So like what happens There's no real need for him to hang out no. in like, this lonely like I could imagine if his dad if George McFly befriended an old man scientist because yes. George has no
0: other friends. Right. But, like, I don't think Marty is sitting alone at lunch. No, he's not. So, how, I don't, I don't get they, And they never explain it in, in the other two movies, do they? No, I can't remember it. I don't think it, so. I don't think so. <laughs> it's so crazy. You know that Rick and Morty, that the cartoon is based off of. I'm aware of this. this
1: cartoon exists. I have yeah. you no,
0: know, I, I really just. Wish it would just go away. Okay, it's uh, amazing. It's, um, it's not. It is. Have you? Oh, because you've seen it. I have not seen it. All right. So should shut the I fuck watch up. it?
1: I re- watch, if I watch it tonight, am I going to come back all pissed off on the next show? You.
0: The problem is, you have such a block with cartoons that you will hate it before you go in. It's I like will, my Titanic block. I will do my best. I, I doubt will, it. I, I will do my best. I, you know what? You should do is have some of that fucking CBD, fucking relax, and watch this thing. <laughs> so, um. But, but, it is. Is one is it of the funny?
1: Like, am I gonna laugh? Or am I gonna be like? Cause you wanted me to watch the boys. I didn't like the boys. It was too. It was too in your face. It was very drawn out. I wasn't
0: I was, saying that the boys is the best thing ever. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it's entertaining. I think it's pretty good, and I liked the way that they. You, you have the problem that you have with it is because of the uh, the Watchmen. That's a lot of it. Yeah. Right. But I, this, I like. Right. No. I. So and am I. So am Be annoyed by this because it's not Back to the Future. It's up to you, man. It's like it is beautiful and funny and scary and existential crisis and I'll watch one uh, I'll watch
1: one episode before we record again one fucking I'm episode. I'm going to watch one episode I'll give it a chance I'm going to watch one I like Dan Harmon from Community yeah. he's a
0: genius yeah I'll give I'll the writing is phenomenal I
1: will watch one episode and I'll come back and I'll give my review But it sort I of deal
0: so. it's sort of you know it it deals with this like what is the relationship between the two and it 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 gives you one in, in this case okay. whereas you know you to get that in Back to the Future. What the right. fuck are these two people doing it's together? Very strange. But I love that they are because they're both. I I love these characters. I really
1: love how Doc looks at Marty uh, after Marty comes back to 1985 and after yeah. the bulletproof vest. But he's like he looks at him with like such um, uh, like he he's I, it's a different look than he's than the like Christopher Lloyd's a really good actor. Yes, he he's great in Taxi. He's very good in this. And he looks at Marty differently when he's playing the 1955 doc than he does the 1985 doc. And even yeah. the two eighty-five 85 docs, the one in the beginning of the movie and the one at the end, look at Marty differently. Yeah. And this is almost with uh, like a little sense of awe because he did time travel. Yes. And a little sense of like a, like a different level of love. I don't mean like love like he wants to,
0: well, to bang ma- Marty, but love like... Well, imagine the payoff too. Because so you meet... Respect love, I guess. Y- you meet Marty at some point and you know... That at, at, at this point in 1985, the Marty that comes back is going to have a way, like a way different experience than the one that leads one up that to just, it. So imagine that yeah. payoff. Like I know, you know, he's going to be so fucking badass at this point yes. when I get to it. He must've been so excited seeing him he again. He must've
1: really excited to meet Marty for the first time in whatever, 1978 or whatever. Yeah. They became friends. Right. They must've, they must've, been like, oh wow, I finally get to meet this guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or like how, how did the, you know, you're thinking, how does this happen? How does this guy come into my life? Like that's, that's gotta be right. really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I love their relationship and i they're both, they're so good. They're both like... The whole cast the is... The whole cast is really Every great.
1: single, you know, Thomas F. Wilson as Biff, Leah Thompson as... Uh, as, as um mom, Lorraine. As, as Lorraine. Yeah. And obviously, Crispin Glover is so great as as George. As George. Um, but everyone is so good in this movie. Um, and anyway, that's a cast of relative... I know uh, Leah Thompson had been in all the right moves with Tom Cruise. That's right. Um... And then her career never quite panned off because mm-hmm. then she's immediately into, well, one huge bomb, Howard the Duck. Oh, that's That right. kind of really destroyed her career. I hope
0: we get to that film And then sometime. she
1: did uh, a movie uh, called Casual Sex yep. and, uh, with Victoria Jackson. She also did uh, Some Kind of Wonderful, which was a John Hughes written movie. That's right. Uh, and it was directed by Howard Deutsch. I am thinking I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he also directed Pretty in the Pink. Yep. And directed this. And um that's who she ended up marrying. Oh. She ended up okay. marrying Howard Deutsch, who was like 11 years older than her. But yeah. Um, but yeah, they are... Uh, and they're still married to their credit. Oh, good. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's well, Fo- rare,
1: rare in Hollywood to be married for that Fo- long.
0: Fox would have been known because of family ties.
1: Fox was a known
0: entity. Yeah.
1: Uh, obviously, we talked about this a little bit in the Anaconda episode. We <laughs> you want to go back... <laughs> yes. But we talk a little bit about how Eric Stoltz was yep. originally in... Was originally Marty McFly. Yeah, we probably don't um, have to go through all that again. Yeah. But
0: listen to that episode we talk about. Uh, it.
1: But this did... This was an interesting... You know, I, I didn't know too. Stoltz was kind of difficult on set. To put a quick quote on that, I guess. He hmm. was method acting... And demanded to be called Marty on set.
0: Oh, really? So Leah
1: Thompson, um, from her point of view about all this, so she was engaged to Dennis Quaid at the time. Oh, really? Yes. And she went overseas. They had done Jaws 3 together. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and <laughs> she went overseas to visit him on location. The producer said, you are not allowed to leave the country. She went anyway. She's just a young girl, Madeline over there, her boyfriend. Yeah. Her fiance, I think, at the time. And... Um, uh. She gets a, a telegram or some sort of notification that um, Eric Stoltz has been fired. And she thought he was fired because he was such an asshole on set. I guess he uh, wouldn't eat lunch with the crew. How? Oh. He'd eat lunch by himself. He demanded he called Marty. I guess there was a scene where Stoltz, you know, there is a scene yeah. where, um, in the cafeteria yeah. where Marty pushes Biff. Yep. And um, I guess Stoltz would push him as hard as he could. And Thomas F. Wilson, pretty big guy, was like, hey, man. Can you not Maybe just go a little bit that? lighter. And Stoltz says, "No, I'm committed. I, and it needs to be real, or it doesn't count." So he just kept pushing him hard he could. And Thomas was like, "What
0: the fuck? Come, Come on, on, dude. Like,
1: what an asshole." Yeah. And uh, it's funny though. Leah Thompson and Eric Stoltz would work together again in some kind of wonderful. That's right. Yeah. But um. But yeah. But she was not surprised to get that telegram because I guess he was such. He was kind of not, that's a, too not bad. abusive, but kind of an asshole. But I guess the second Michael J. Fax gets there, he's eating with the crew. He doesn't demand he called Marty. Yeah. He, and he's like, and I guess uh, instantly the morale around the set did a total one. improved. I'm sure. Yeah.
0: And he's so charismatic and he's so good. His timing is so amazing. Amazing with this. These like the comedy lines. He's, he's so fucking good. We're going to save a ton of Michael J. Fox stuff because we're, we'll run into
1: him again. And that's yeah. is such a deep movie, but I did want to quickly go over the top 10 of this, mm. of what was going on at this time, because uh, you can kind of hear the debate Matt and I had about it. So, we, you know, we picked three movies, obviously, and this week we're doing uh, Back to the Future, we're doing Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and Cocoon is right. our Patreon show. But yeah. here are the movies we had to choose from. Number one was Back to the Future. By the way, we were in September, this movie came out in July. Yeah, wow. Um, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, number two is cre- a movie called Creator, we don't know, know anything about. It. Number three is Teen Wolf. Yeah. Four is Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Five is something called Compromising Positions. Mm. Six is Cocoon. Seven is Rambo First Blood Part II. Wow. Uh, eight is Today Fire. Wow. Uh, nine is American Ninja, 10 kisses Spider-Woman. So we were going to do Back to the Future and Pee-Wee's Big Adventure and then we we're deciding between Teen Wolf, Cocoon, and St. Elmo's Fire. We went with Cocoon. Yeah. Um, but Teen Wolf was tough because I kind of wanted to do Teen Wolf because I remember when this was happening. So had, Michael D. Fox had like for a, a while had the number one, two or one, three in this case. Sure. Movies. And he had a hit TV show. Right. At the same time. Right. That is, that's yeah. unparalleled. Yeah. No one's done that.
0: Yeah, he had a huge... Uh, mid eighties, huge mid eighties. Not even that.
1: Let's talk about this moment in time. Yeah. Nineteen eighty-five summer. Yeah, you have the number one, number two movies, and then in September you have Family Ties p- season premiere. Sick. You have like a top ten TV show and the number one. That is no one's ever done that. Yeah, it's never happened. I don't think it's happened before, and it hasn't happened before. I don't think it's happened since. That, but Michael J. Fox is this. You know, there's so much in this one moment in time frame. It must have been such an odd time. It to must be alive. have been. Yeah. Um and we'll talk more about Michael J. Fox probably when we hit if we ever hit Teen Wolf, which hopefully I'm sure will. we will. Yeah. I know and Teen Wolf never hit number one, but it did hit number
0: two for a while. So hopefully we do run into And that. we'll hit the other back to the futures. That'll yes, happen. As well. Two and right. three. Yeah. Um, but he's so fucking good. Yeah. And Lloyd is so good.
1: Uh my favorite scene in this movie is um is uh when Michael J. Fox goes back to nineteen eighty five. It is paced and uh and scored. Alan Silvestri's score is fantastic. Yep. We we should have him forest gump. He's so good at this. He in, does a great this. job here, yeah. Um, and I, ha- even ha- I even had this, the, uh, the the cassette tape of his score. Oh, did you? Um, which also had the Huey Lewis songs on right. it, which are also great. Yep. Uh, and uh, it's the scene, you know, where, where Doc has to connect the two wires <laughs> yes. right before the lightning, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he goes back. But the best scene is, after Marty goes back, just Doc, like, kind of just, like, does this fun dance around the flaming <laughs> tire tracks. It's great. And it's just, like, that is such a great, I don't know. I was like, he's just happy. And I love... I don't know. I love those quiet moments where people are just kind of like happy and feel accomplished in, Yeah, in cinema. I no I'm one's one's watching. They're yes. just happy.
0: They're not performing for anybody. They're just doing it. Yeah, exactly. exactly.
1: Yeah. So I have a quick personal story about this tire tracks. Okay. So when I lived in Florida, my friend, uh, my friend, Brian and I, we both loved back to the future and we were bored one night. We we're drunk and we took a lighter fluid and we, we lived on not a quiet road, but it was a, it was a road that wasn't a hundred percent traveled all the time. And it was like two in the morning. And we did uh, lighter fluid, and we did the tire tracks, and we did the dock dance. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome.
0: There's no uh, video recording of this, of no, course. It was like 2004, 2005. God we didn't it. have,
1: like, we didn't break the camcorder, we didn't, you know, we, certainly we weren't smartphones. But yeah, we did the Back to the Future thing. I think that should become viral. You should recreate
0: it. Recreate it. We should do it. Yeah. No, you should recreate it. I've got enough to do.
1: I don't know if I, like, now I have, like, a house. My neighbors <laughs> are thinking I'm, like, an asshole. Like, we were just, like, I don't know if I could, I
0: don't know, I don't know if Just find an empty, I mean, all the malls are empty. Find an empty fucking mall parking lot and do it. No, someone its it
1: was fun. It. I will, I'm not going to lie, but if you do it, just be careful. But I will say, it's fucking super fun.
0: <laughs> it is fun to dance around like Wait flaming a tire tracks. How did you, so what do you, you put, you put it all over your tires? No, 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 no. We how'd just did
1: two like
0: oh, two oh, oh, lines. Oh. You like, didn't actually perform it with the car. No, we just did the two lines that dance the around.
1: Car. No, we just fluid. We oh, well, your food. badass
0: factor just went down about thirty percent.
1: We never said we were badasses. We just took a lighter fluid and we just made like the tire tracks, <laughs> and then we just danced around. I'm <laughs> like, like doctors, and we pretended Marty went back in time. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. That's, it was
0: fun. Simpy wasn't there to see that though, was it? This is, no, this is post Simpy. This is post Simpy. This
1: is, uh, this is Brian and I in Florida, which if we ever hit 2004, 2005, we'll talk about it in glorious detail, <laughs> but
0: uh, yes. Awesome. The, one of the things that I noticed this time uh, that I probably didn't notice when I saw it, cause I just wasn't mature enough was how resigned Lorraine was in the beginning of the film. You know, when she, they're sitting at dinner table and you just see, you know, oh, I'm married. Oh, Lorraine? Lorraine. She's drunk. I, and she's... I, yeah. But yeah, like my, like I married this guy. He's a fucking geek. You know, we yeah. popped out some kids. What my life has, what, what's she's the drunk. meaning of my life? And I'm a drunk. She just looked so completely defeated. I didn't notice that as much this time, which is sad to think of because you've got, or I didn't notice that much, you know, probably didn't notice it as much earlier. But if you think about like the, like Marty still turns out to be like a really great guy, even though he's got kind of pretty dysfunctional family life. It's not that he, they're abusive, does.
1: he does have parents that do care about him. I they mean, they do he, care you know, about and, him. And, and, yeah. I mean, he lives in the kind of this, Shabby town, and um, you know, the houses, you know, the neighborhood, which everything in the 55, it, it is funny how in fifty five everything looks so good, and like pristine, you know, their housing developments just about to be built, it's like a home of tomorrow, yeah. And then, you know, when we see 1985, it's just kind of like this rundown. dumpy, rundown, this is now nah, they have this, it's great in this house, I don't know why they have it, they have like this nasty, like tower right in back of their house, it yeah, looks like a the guy, do. I, don't, I
0: don't know
1: if it's. It's, yeah, like a ra- it's like a something. radio tower Could or be. something like it's, yeah. but it's like, it's it must, it must be like the worst house in this entire. Cause you wouldn't want to live next to the no, giant tower. So it's wouldn't. probably the worst house in this whole complex is the one that they have.
0: Yeah. The worst house in the shabby complex uh, the shabby town, <laughs> yeah. but, but Thompson does such a great job with that. Like she just does. showing like dejection, you know, the weight of her life. And she realizes that, you know, she's probably probably gonna have a boring rest of her world. Uncle Joey didn't make bail again. Fucking Uncle Joey. Get used Get to easy this, bars, kid.
1: Kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great
0: <laughs> Um Yeah, I, I also thought it was interesting that the script was was uh passed on by 40 studios, apparently. Oh yeah, and got it, it was a lot. Yeah, wasn't yeah, no until one it. Zemeckis did Romancing the Stone. Right. Um because yeah. he, he did two unsuccessful movies prior. He also uh, had a
1: hand in nineteen forty one, the Steven Spielberg disaster.
0: Yeah. Um, which was
1: uh Spielberg trying to make a comedy with uh Borussia and Ackroyd about uh about World War Two, oh, yeah, yeah. The beginning of World War Two, which which did not work. Yeah, I don't know that I've it's seen become it. a cult favorite now. Yeah, I saw it years ago. Uh I didn't think it was particularly great. Um, I, I would gladly watch it again if we ever run into it.
0: But *Romancing the Stone* did a hundred million in the box office, and so you know, it kind of gave him enough cachet to yes, have uh, what was it? Amblin that took it. So that uh I think it was Amblin, right? Because that's
1: well, but then he kind of had a little bit of clout, and he kind of kind of bring it anywhere he wanted to bring it to Amblin because he was so annoyed at the other studios for passing mm, on it.
0: Right. And That's Spielberg. Is that why Amblin? Yep. Okay.
1: So Zemeckis, and Spielberg, Z- Zemeckis uh, idolized Spielberg. Even, even yeah. though they're not that far apart in age, you know, Spielberg does Jaws, and then Zemeckis is like, you know, You're how do I work yeah. with this guy kind of thing. Right. Uh, and so Zemeckis, it's also, we mentioned a guy named Bob Gale who co-wrote this. And this is kind of what Bob Gale is really known for, really only. Uh, But he had a major hand. Him and Zemeckis wrote this and then did the sequels together. But uh, Zemeckis definitely is responsible for the look of Back to the Future, for sure. Mm. But the story is equal Zemeckis and Gale. Like, they share, you know, all of these, you know, callbacks and all of these things you see in those three movies are equal Zemeckis and Gale. Gale should definitely get some... um,
0: Some love for that. Yeah. Okay. Um... Oh, and the other thing is, it was a con- so I saw that I read that, that that a lot of people passed on it because it was a comedy, but not like the comedies of the time, which were a lot more raunchy. They didn't know that a family <laughs> sci fi, fa- you know, family friendly, more wholesome movie would work.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's 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 a little bit. I saw it; it's a little bit historical. Reason. You, you the, think re- the reason people didn't pass this movie it's they because because it someone- sucked.
0: Was that? Because he failed prior to this? No, it's
1: because they don't want to have a movie with the guy's French kissing his mother. Well, there's that part, too. It's a pretty big part. I guess so. Yeah,
0: that's why people passed on it. It wasn't French kissing. He was pulling back.
1: Whatever that was is happening. That is a little
0: creepy. They don't want a movie
1: where a mother has the hots for her own son. That's yeah. why people passed the movie. That was kind of and, a lot. And um, it is. It is a, it is a strange storyline, for sure. I think they do, they deal with it about as well as you could probably deal with something like that. Oh, yeah. But it definitely is a it's it's un, and, uh, uh, and it's so unusual too. you haven't seen it a ton since no you know what i mean like it's and they and they do obviously you know they do uh they do definitely tackle it head-on in this movie but the sequels don't really talk about it again like yeah as fast as they can kind of get away from that storyline <laughs> they, they do. do i don't think they regret it obviously it movie's a sensation and you know they don't probably don't regret any element of this movie but uh it's definitely the the live wire element of this movie is that that plot line
0: yeah i can see that any other thoughts on uh, Back to the Future? Yeah, I guess I have
1: a question for you. So um, the, the, this originated from the idea that Zemeckis and Gale asked themselves, would we be friends with our father if we went to high school with them? Right. And I, got to, I don't think I would have been friends with my dad if we went to high school. I, my dad was a, kind of a, like a quieter guy. I, 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 we would be, I think my dad and I would have been friends as adults if we were the same age. Sure but I don't think we would have like hung out in the same circles. He would have
0: thought you were a smart ass loudmouth?
1: Yep. And, uh, like I was really into like sports and like, like late night mm. comedy TV and, um, just kind of being a dick. And my dad was, I think mean, a theater oh, I, guy. Uh, yeah, I guess before, we were not really Peter's then, but more technical.
0: No, right. I he's said a, theater, not well, theater. Uh, yeah. oh, no, I wasn't a
1: theater guy at all. My dad wasn't. No, you wouldn't get, you wouldn't know. Oh, who's the theater guy? Me and my
0: dad. Yeah, I was thinking your dad.
1: Because my dad was all not theater. a theater guy at all. Okay, absolutely not. My dad is like the kind of guy like likes the mechanic. He's the kind of guy that would take apart a car mm. and um, would um, like he's the guy that would like take the blender apart in the house just to see how it all goes back together and sure. all the wires and stuff. Where I'm, comp- I don't care how a blender works. Um, so I don't think we would have been friends at all in in in, uh, in high school. That's interesting. Would you have been friends with your dad? If no. You
0: no. I mean, I don't have a relationship with my dad by choice. Right, if you so, guys were the same age though. It's a there's different no way. No, I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, knowing, knowing what he turned into in his adult, there's no, like I'm, I, but you don't rejected, know that. then. Imagine just being a teenager with him. No, there's no way. I can't imagine that. I think he, no, my impression is that he is. People might think that I'm cocky, but he's, uh, they do. he's cockier with uh, less intelligence than me. So he's just a dick cocky is, is what I think.
1: You guys wouldn't have been friends.
0: Fuck No, okay. no, I like nice people. I don't know why we're why, friends.
1: Why, yeah, like, I'm not a nice person at all. <laughs> you can be all right if you say so.
0: Um, no, I like uh, I, no, but you you also have a moral code like you're genuine. You, you, yeah, and my
1: dad is too. My dad did too for sure. My dad was probably more moralistic than I am, but um, I just don't think we would have been, but I hope we would have been friends as adults. That would that would be kind of fun, yeah. But um, no, I would have been friends with your dad, yes, yeah, I agree with that.
0: Um, is this movie going to crack your top five? No, but it, it doesn't mean that it's, you know, I mean, there's a lot up there now. The, my t- the top 10 now, it's fucking stacked. So so are we including Patreon shows in our top five? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, the, so if you haven't heard, then Jackie Brown, which is the show we just covered uh, on the Sunday show, that will be in our top five. Yeah. Which means I think Back to the Future, I think then sneaks in. Oh, fuck. This is hard. So I have Jackie Brown above Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, I don't. That's not happening for me. My number one is Goodwill Hunting. My number two is Pulp Fiction. My number three is Road to Perdition. Four is Jackie Brown. Five is Silence of the Lambs. Six is Back to the Future.
0: Yeah, I'll prob- it'll hit my top 10, but I'm not sure where yet. I got to look at it. I got to look at it. I'm still Pulp Fiction number one. Two is actually uh, Road to Perdition. Three is Silence of the Lambs for me.
1: I'm going to put out my top five uh, when this episode airs. I'm going to try to include top six. I, I, I just feel terrible about it. I can't believe I have a top. I can't believe we've covered so many movies where Back to Future is not going to... Like, Back to the Future, I think, is, um, is my, like, 13th favorite movie ever. Like, how is it not making our top five? Because we've
0: covered a, lo- a shit ton of awesome films, including two all-time I... Quentin Tarantino films. That... The, and the most beautiful film that's ever been made. And... Uh, or that's ever been shot. And Google and, Hunting, which and... is one of my personal, just right. absolute favorites. And Silence of the Lambs. I know. I mean, it, it's you... crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's what happens when you do... 80 shows or some on, some on show. I, yeah, shows.
1: I just feel like we've covered an inordinate amount of great movies.
0: Like we've covered six of my 13 favorite movies ever. So, okay, so we've spent or less time, ever. we've That's spent right. the least amount of time in the 2010 through 2020 decade, right? Everything, yes. Way less. Right. Weirdly. It, weirdly. Um, like maybe there's been four shows or something on that. I think it's like three. Yeah. It's right, weird. Or
1: something. You're right. Exactly. It's been, and the other crazy thing is we haven't done anything from 2014 on.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Nothing. So maybe that'll happen. I but, hope so. But I'm wondering if the older, older film, the dec- decades before films, more of the top grossing were also the Oscar films. So maybe, maybe it sort of sorts for, uh, cause that won't be the case. You know, when we hit the Marvel shit, like the top grossing, aren't going to be the, probably the best films of that of those years, you know what no, I mean?
1: No, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess that'd be something to that yeah. too, or
0: maybe there's something to the fact that like w- you know, for
1: something to crack my top, I have to probably see it a few times, and mm. I'm more likely to see an older movie a few times. That's true because it's been around longer than I have been. Like I rewatched Castaway last night. You, um,
0: you know, we're gonna get to that.
1: Yeah, but like Laura hadn't seen it, and I was like, all right, a movie. We just did Back to the Future. So I'm like, oh, you know, we just just finished yeah. Back to the Future. I'm like, oh, I'll watch Castaway. Um, and I like Castaway more than Back to the Future. Castaway is my favorite Zemeckis film. Uh, not that I think I know. So the thing is, Back
0: to the Future is more fun. I mean, it it feels better than Castaway.
1: Oh, of course. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean it, no.
0: I know, but I, it's it uh, if it's harder. I think it's harder for me to skew towards Castaway when I just saw Back to the Future and laughed a lot. You know.
1: Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. I, so this is my second favorite Zemeckis film after Castaway.
0: After Castaway. Um, he's done some great ones. I mean, I, Roger so, Rabbit, Roger Contact. Rabbit, yeah, Contact, and then, as I said before, Emancipating the Stone. Then he's done some shit. There's shit, I, I I thought it was more shit than there really was. I haven't seen Allied, uh, the 216, I 2016 either. film. I wonder how that that's got Brad Pitt in it, mm. who I like. I do too. So maybe that's okay. But it was really, you know, Death Becomes Her was. He did shit. this movie
1: called Welcome to Marwin, which
0: looks, mm. looks, looks looks rough. I don't know that one.
1: Um, yeah, he's done some.
0: He's done some bad movies. And then um Gump, which won a bunch of awards, Gump, but which still, is, which won hmm, in the Oscar? It did. I mean,
1: you know, it, it, that's that's probably his. uh Back to Future probably his legacy, I guess. Gump I don't think and so. Future is his legacy, I guess. Roger Rabbit, no one really. I, I don't think know because Jessica Rabbit is such a, like a sexual uh character. Yeah, I think it hasn't. I think people. I think families are afraid to show that to their kids now. I can see so that. because of that, I feel like no one really talk. Like Roger Rabbit's kind of just.
0: Gone with history It has a lot of adult themes though too. I don't it's know so if that's well a kid made, though. It's, Christopher Roy is really good now. He's too. really great. I I mean I, I really like that film. That's a that's a good one.
1: I think a hundred years from now though, and we talked about this in the, in the Gump episode. Mm. Hundred years from now, Gump won't be watched because no one's going to care about baby boomers or anything. No, but a hundred years from now, people will still watch Back to the Future definitely because it's such a period piece in a way because the time travel element. But you know that relationship with fathers and sons and family and a town like that all is. Evergreen, like, yeah, exactly. I think that Back to the Future will end up being, even though it didn't win in the Oscar, it got nominated for best screenplay, um, which is really cool because a movie like this doesn't typically get nominated.
0: Well, Castaway is Evergreen too because there's not a lot of technology Castaway here. Is absolutely, you know, Evergreen. He's, he's on an. Castaway island.
1: will have a longer life than Frost. In fact, you're already kind of seeing it. It's on yeah. cable a lot. Yeah, people still talk about it a lot. Um, one of the last note about '85 movies. we'll talk about this too? As the week goes on. So 1985 was kind of considered to be a box office bust for the film industry because 84 had so many hits. Ghostbusters, Karate Kid, and a lot of like interesting creative stuff Yeah, where 85 was kind of a commercial and critical letdown. But like you can, you know, you saw the movies we just talked about. Like there were a lot of classic movies that came out in 1985 um, that I know speak to Matt and I, especially just because of our age. Um, But uh, yeah, I think that um, it's funny that we look back at 85 now as a interesting year for movies. Right. But when you lived it, it was like, uh, yeah. kind of sucks. Yeah. I can see that Back feature Not the case. So back the future not is the case. Even back then, everyone said this movie's wildly creative and inventive. And, um, it got, it got very good reviews. Um, not the same reviews you see now for it, but it got very good reviews. Sure,
0: Even Ebert three and a half stars. Yeah. Is pretty high praise for him.
1: Especially for a summer. Summer family. Movie?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know I saw this in the theater. Do you think you did? I know I did. Yeah. So this is one of three movies,
1: um, that made me go of Movies in that I saw in the theater. So it's Back to the Future, Pulp Fiction, and Casino. Mm. Those are the three movies when I walked out of when I kind of fell in love with cinema and movies. I remember when I watched this movie, I, I walked out of the theater. I was dancing, and I was just like, I couldn't believe I'd never seen a time travel concept before. So that completely blew my mind. And then I just thought this was the greatest thing I had ever seen. And I think if you ask me in Nineteen eighty six. What are one my three favorite movies? I probably would say, you know, uh, Back to the Future, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, sure, Ghostbusters, yeah, you know, maybe Superman One. Like those to me would have been like the pinnacle of greatness for film.
0: That makes sense. Um, yeah, maybe Goonies
1: gets tossed in there if you have a top five. Same year too. Uh, Goonies is eighty five, right? I Goonies think eighty so. six. Goonies yeah. eighty six, I think. So eighty five, eighty six. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Karate Kid is another one oh, of that course. would have been the absolute. You know uh those are the movies that i grew up with. it's funny no cartoons in that list nope but there do they make a lot of movie cartoons they didn't make a ton they yeah. made american tale which came out in 86 with five right. but this Basil. is a low point for disney Fiesel. or f- was it yeah. mouse quiz right. uh, but uh and i kind of enjoyed that as, as much as i could enjoy a cartoon as a kid i, I liked that car- as a kid but you know when matt and i were growing up there weren't a lot of like, the cartoons weren't the go-to it was movies like goonies or or, or back to the future Uh, that you you watch. And I think I'm better for it. I don't, I obviously don't like cartoons. They're stupid. And I think it's better to watch real people do real, do things and watch cartoons. I think you have a better connection to cinema that way. Yeah. Obviously I'm biased, but you still love the cartoons. You can't wait for
0: the next drawing of a man. You're a son of a bitch. I like some cartoons Mm. (laughs) when they're done well. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> cool like take. Rick and Morty, <laughs> cool, cool take, bro. I'm gonna watch Rick and Morty. I'll come back with a review. Okay, cool.
1: Uh, back to the Future though, uh, a sensational movie. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Back to the
0: yeah, oh, that's, a, that's, that's one, a great one of my
1: absolute favorites. Um,
0: I can't believe we covered. I just feel bad. I feel you feel like we're gonna have a lot of bad movies coming up. What do you mean? No, you well, I do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, right.
1: But no, I just think that it's like I just can't believe that. I don't know. That it's not in the top five. It's
0: okay. Top ten's good. Is that it for Back to the Future? I think so, yeah.
1: So we have a new sponsor here uh, for this week. Uh, it's a podcast called Grandpa and Chill. It's a newer podcast. Um, it's, it's, it's picking up uh, some heat. People are talking about it. Grandpa and Chill. People are talking. People are talking. Uh, if you're a fan of a show, I, I really do think you'll like Grandpa and Chill because it talks about different eras and times, kind of like we do. We jump yeah, around. Yeah. Um, basically, it's a grandson sits down to chill with his with his grandpa and friends and it bridges that gap between millennials and the silent generation yeah uh every episode is filled with in-depth conversations and no topic is off limits a topic range from like silly stories to heartbreaking tales they have several call-in guests every episode from all around the world it's all like in an attempt to get people from different ages and backgrounds to finally just sit down and chill i think this is great i know when I was a kid, uh, growing up, my grandfather brought me to the VFW. Yeah. And I got to hear stories from World War II vets. And it was... I mean, I still have... Those are memories that I personally still hold dear. Like, I really... I feel so blessed that I was able to sit down and talk to guys that I think are the greatest heroes this country has ever yeah. had. And yeah, I got yeah. to just hang out with them and just shoot the shit with them. And uh, I re- I, I'm so jealous of this guy. Like, I would give anything to have that on tape to be able to play to my
0: I feel the exact same way I lost my grandfather I mean over 10 years ago now and he was such a good dude and for the last little bit of his life I was you know living in California so I didn't really get to see him or talk to him very much oh I would I would love to like have time talking to my grandfather about his old stories he was in Korea on a boat like you know he he just he'd been through a lot And I would, I would love to be able to talk to him again and sit down and record those conversations. I'd have so much to ask him right now. I envy, I envy It's cool. And for
1: guys like Matt and I, who obviously didn't have the opportunity, our grandfathers are gone. This is a cool way to kind of, to kind of do that by proxy. Yeah. Uh, So if you're looking to sit back, unwind, have a laugh, possibly a small cry, be sure to check these guys out. Episodes are available everywhere you want to listen, including Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher, as well as a video version on YouTube. Uh, you can head to the link uh, in our show notes and give them a listen today. That's Grandpa and Chill. Grandpa and Chill and, and, check, and check them out. I think, I, think it's, I think it's really cool. I listened to a couple episodes. Uh, I think it's really neat. I think it's, it's cool. And this, this guy, you can tell, really loves his grandfather. It's, it's <laughs> awesome. I, I, I think it's definitely worth a shot. And I think it's a good fit for our audience, because like it deals with different errors and things like that. Cool. Um, but yeah, make sure to give Grandpa and Chill a try.
0: Give him a listen. Money for nothing. So, money for nothing is Dire Straits yep. um, from their album Brothers in Arms. Now, Brothers in Arms is their big. You, I, you know, I know Dire Straits. I know Mark Knopfler, the guitar player. Like th- this is kind of a big part of my childhood. I would say. Okay, um, Brothers in Arms is their biggest album. Came out this year, uh, 1985. Sold 30 million copies. This is really what like solidified them around the world. And it was after this album. Because it did so well and they were touring so much, they were like, fuck this, we need a break. And they did. They broke for like three years, did another album, and then broke for a longer extended the time. The time had
1: passed though by then. It really they, they had left the zeitgeist.
0: They are, they are definitely a product at the time. Like, they sound, this fits so well in mid-80s. Um, and you can tell, like, so Knopfler in the, I think it was early to mid-90s is when he decided to go solo his solo stuff is way different. He plays a lot of acoustic music. He's a extremely talented guitar player. Extremely, He's a, he's like, he's my kind of musician. He's an extremely good guitar player. Can sing, can write, produces stuff, can arrange things. He's just, he's a, you know, he can kind of do it all. And so if you listen to his, his later stuff, like, um, uh, it's, uh, it's sailing to Philadelphia is two from 2000. That song is beautiful. It does with James Taylor. He goes to a more acoustic and kind of thoughtful elder statesman musician kind of guy, but I really like Dire Straits and I really like this song. Do you? Is this something that you you would listen to or or like? No, I don't, it's not your. Thing. I
1: don't like. I think Dire Straits sounds like ZZ Top on
0: antidepressants. That's interesting because this is the only song that sounds like ZZ Top.
1: This is like. Well, I only really know. You know, I know their hits. I went back and listened. To, I don't like. They bore me. Um, it just seems it, It's. This is my favorite Dire Straits song money For nothing, I think it's I think it's their best song.
0: More but, than "Salt and Swing." Yeah, I do not. So
1: "Salt Swing" is like I really don't like that song. Really, it really annoys me. It, it's it, this is just not for me. I I think Mark Knopfler is a super bright guy. They were at one time one of, if not, at this one of the biggest time, bands, the biggest bands in the, in the world. world. Yeah, I mean, um it's hard to even as a five year old i was aware they existed their video on mtv is oh iconic graphics yeah was was just iconic i think it's an interesting thing to have a song that's written from a different perspective like this one is i'm sure we'll get into that in a bit yep um so i definitely respect that brilliance or that um creativeness that he has i the creativity that he has i think that these these songs are just boring to me like if you go through like there is just nothing I would ever. Yes, yeah, so on this to. album is
0: "Walk of Life." Walk of um, Life,
1: which is like it's just it seems it's so like it's so, and I know a lot of it is because it it's been overplayed. But it has. It's, it's just
0: so. It's been really like um, joined with baseball for some reason. Uh, Walk of Life. I don't know why, but that's that's my imagery.
1: I just think it's it's just so stereotypical, like classic rock. It's like the most boring classic rock songs mm. you'll hear on any classic rock station. And, it, it's just, and it's
0: just. Maybe because you have heard it a billion times. I just have. Yeah. But it,
1: even when it was new, it never like. I remember being younger and like the police came out. And that was an exciting, like police, or I think it was exciting music. And it's, it's a lot more fun. And obviously you have the pop stuff too, with, like Michael Jackson or whatever, Madonna and stuff like that. But um, as far as like bands at that time go, maybe there wasn't a ton of rock band. Like Van Halen. Van Halen sounds exciting. Like They do. It's a totally different thing. Yeah. This is, like, drab and, like, uh, it's just it just feels lifeless in a way.
0: Well, this song does not feel lifeless at all to me. I can understand that, that comparison because they do, or you, I can understand that feedback because they do write, they do write, it's almost jazzier style music, which can yes. be less um, aggressive. And money for nothing is one of their more aggressive. I agree, more it's my, aggressive. it's songs. my favorite
1: one of theirs. And, and I, I think money for nothing is an okay song. Like it's not bad, it's not good. I know I'm sure I get beat up for that. I know people love it.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great song.
1: People love yeah. this song, and I get it. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I'm gonna get. I'm sure I'll get. You know, hard and feather for this. That's one. fine. It's just a taste thing. I, think I get it. I think it's okay. I and I, but I do respect kind of what they do, and I respect like Noval. If you read some of his quotes. He's a yeah. really smart guy. Really smart guy. Like, I'd love to go have a beer with someone like that. Like, this, he seems like a really intelligent guy. Um, He's like, if anyone... He had a great quote I read. It's like, if anyone can tell me one good thing about fame, please let me know. I was like, that's <laughs> that's, that's just, quite yeah. a, you know... This anti-fame bend is an interesting one. And I think I give them a lot of credit, too, for... They could have made an album, 1986, a rushed, slapped-together album... Sure. ...that would have sold insane Another 10 million, yeah. numbers. And right. instead, they... They were touring and they just like, I don't really like hanging out with this person anymore. I'm going to take a break. Yeah. That's a quite a, I mean, they're agents, there's agents, there's accountants, there's record companies. Oh, there's Everyone a whole crew. Breathing down their neck. Sure. And they basically said, fuck off. Yeah. I don't want to do this.
0: You got to respect that. Totally respect that. I respect him a lot. He is, uh, he, we're going to have to get into his, his playing in, in a little bit, but why don't we talk about the song first? I think the song is really great. Um, first of all, and I, I probably do skew to giving people more credit because of the, their craft and the way they do it. I'm not saying more than the end result and what it sounds like, because obviously it has to make you feel something, or you're, you're not—you know—it's not fun to listen to. But I do—I think I do give people more credit if they if they're smart in how they craft shit. Um, and they—and it was first of all, you're right. Like the narrative of the of the lyrics. Um, are very interesting. It's from a first person's point of view. The story goes that Nofar was in some sort of department store, and he see like in the electronics department. There's a line of TVs out back, and they're all tuned to MTV playing. I don't know some sort of glam rock band or something. Yep. Um, who it was? Motley Crue said it was them, but who knows who yeah, it was. Yeah. But he's standing there, and I guess a, a delivery person was nearby, and they were both just kind of watching this, and and he was imagining what the delivery guy is thinking about these motherfuckers, like. I am like fucking slaving away my day moving boxes, you know, in my work boots and work clothes, delivering shit for four fifty an hour. Where these motherfuckers with their long ass hair and makeup on are strutting around and getting chicks all over the place and making making millions of dollars. How did this happen? Like, how do these people? You know, who values these people? And so he he just had this. I don't know if he had like an inner, inner story in his head, but then like wrote it down. Right. And he also hung out in that department store and
1: wrote down other things people were saying too. Did like, he say, I know I saw that, but I didn't know that he actually said he that. He said he did. he is said? That he what he, he said? said he kind of like hunkered down in the story. Okay. So things like uh, the line about the Hawaiian noises. Yeah, that's and right. And things like about, you know, we got to move these color TVs, like stuff like that. He right, wrote right, it down right. and then incorporated. Is there an element of this song that is kind of assholic? Like he's mocking these people. Like, he's shitting on, like, blue-collar guys. I think he is. Oh, I know he
0: is. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah,
1: I think there is. There I mean, is like, you have the rich guy, like, shitting on, like... You do. Blue-collar guys that are working hard. And but like,
0: uh, but also these shit... But I don't know, because you listen to some of those mocking words that he writes. like mocking from the perspective of the blue-collar workers. Maybe they get a blister on your pinky finger. Maybe you get a blister on your thumb. It's kind of like, you know, these pussies right. out there. I, cause, so I think it's both. I I, I think... In this respect, he, he is kind of looking down a little bit on the blue collars, I but totally also looking down on the, but all, you know, siding with them too. It's a little bit of both. I don't
1: know if he is siding with them. I think he's, cause they never once bring up all the work it takes to be music. Like you never get that sign. I know, but if
0: you're Mark Knopfler and you're looking at Motley Crue on this, you'd be like, these guys can't even fucking play.
1: Then make fun of Motley Crue. Right don't well, it have a, the balls to come after Molly Crew. Don't have the balls to make fun of the guy that works at you
0: know Sears. I think he's making fun of both, though.
1: I don't know. Some things, some of these things are. That's a real. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a. Do you think so? Then take a real swipe at Molly. Then go have the. Then go then go shit on Molly Crew. Things
0: can have depth, though. Things can have double meanings. But in, wait, in unless the, you're
1: going to name Molly Crew, then it's just see. It's much, I don't know it's if it was Motley Easier, crew. right or whatever. Yeah. let's just use that. Yeah. it's much easier to go after the guy at Montgomery Ward. Than it is to go after an actual band because the band you go after them they're gonna have repercussions. Right. But you go after you know Joe Sixpack who's unloading a refrigerator and basically calling him dumb.
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And it's like, all right, is I that mean, what also we're doing
1: here. I mean, you can I go. I mean, I look. I've done. You know, I, I've made fun of it. I I make fun of everybody on the show. I've made fun of everybody. I I get it, but yeah. I I don't know. It, it seems it seems like kind of a sideswipe.
0: I think you're right. And too, if you think about like. It, to um, kind of be on your side of this as well as like the language that he has them use. Yes. Like the, the F word, the, you know, and the, F- the G yeah, word. Yes. That, right. That's uh, right. The Gessler. Yeah. It's a, yes. uh, that's a rough one, but he was, you know, I think Knopfler was using it because that's something that he would expect <laughs> a blue collar right. worker would say, which is also, and whoa. I will
1: say too, just to, you know, 1985, way more, yeah. way more accepted. I mean, yeah. I've, I said that word on the playground as a kid. No, I would never say it now. Yeah. Things have changed. You know, but like, you know, but you know, in the in the early nineties, you know, go watch movies, go listen to music and sure. and just be alive in that time. It was much more it was it was never right, but it was much more accepted socially just totally. to say he um, had blow
0: back in eighty five about it. But uh, and he explained you know, he explained it, hey, I, this is I'm it's a it's a it's a first person view of this person that I'm taking a snapshot of. I don't think you get away with that now I you mean, don't do like that say, now I mean, but I,
1: I i heard was around 12 year olds saying it when i was a 12 year old right I'm guessing 12 year olds aren't saying it. i would hope not i think there's i think we just have a much better understanding of how people feel when sure. that word is used than we did in 1992 and i'm guessing that we did in 1985 oh yeah i'm definitely. guessing yeah. I, i'm hoping right um because that's like that's a word like i would never you hear yeah. it now and it's almost jarring it's like, blah.
0: yeah i know i was listening to the song and, and it's I'm funny because like, oh, yeah.
1: that's not how it, i mean I, Right, he got, I know he got bow back, but like, but it was still like, it's not. It wasn't. No, it wasn't shocking. canceled.
0: Like you'd be yeah. canceled now, yeah. Which I don't agree with either, but because you have to understand the art form. I don't. I don't think in his heart he has anything like. But he he, he doesn't feel this way. No, it's he's just he's saying, saying what the, he thinks. Right. These people would say, but because he's
1: doing that, and that's even like extra shitty. Because now you're painting them as exactly. homophobic, exactly. But like they don't even have like a, and they don't have a voice to shout back. If you sh- if you shit on Mo- or Twisted Sister or
0: Motley Crue, whatever, they can say, but they, they can,
1: can then come back at you. Yeah. Um. But in, a, in another song, they can, and you can have that war. But you're making fun. I said it shows six at Montgomery Ward. He
0: has no, he can't. There's no repercussions. Right. It's not really fair. That's true. It's true. Uh, it's kind of shitty. It is shitty. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Fucking Mark. Even the video uh the two guys there's two
1: like basically guys that are running around like that are like the handy like that i'm sorry that are the, like the delivery guys of this fake store set. yep and they both look kind of dim like one's like it's like law and hardy type one's tall and skinny one's sort and strat and and they kind of just like one eventually one guy gets his head in a microwave which is very strange but yeah uh but but regardless they, they kind of played as buffoons they do yeah they are
0: and it's I, like I, oh all right yeah
1: but, but yet when the rockers are playing, it's all cool. There's like neon headbands. That's and right. You are seeing cool. like, like real like life. It yeah. looks so awesome. And these guys look like idiot cartoon characters. That is
0: dickish. Yeah. Although to, you know, in Mark Knopfler's defense, he didn't want to do a video. He hated the idea right. of videos. He's like, this is bullshit. I don't want to. And it, it took his girlfriend to convince him. I don't even know if he liked it. The end result, but I'm glad it happened because it was everywhere. And it was it's everywhere. really cool if you haven't seen it, it kind of looks like Minecraft. They're sort of squarish, cubish people. But
1: in the time though, and I remember when this came out, it was revolutionary. Oh, absolutely. Like, never I was really excited like when it. this video came on when I was a little kid. Yeah. Because I didn't even like the song that much. But yeah. the video, like, this is so awesome. These computer guys are incredible. It was like Max Headroom type stuff. Exactly. Um like the you know blockish Right. Max Headroom obviously is a real man, but like that same kind of blockish computer graphics exactly. you see behind him is what you see in this video.
0: I'll tweet that out too. Um there's actually there's a there's some few cool. Iconic things video. Out. Iconic video. But Yeah, you're right. They're sort of, they're making, he's making fun of them. Mm. It's kind of shitty. You're a rich fucking rock star and you're making fun of these people.
1: I don't know. I mean, everyone, I guess everyone's, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to, it it just didn't, it never, the older I get, the less I'm like, "Ah, all right.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Do you need to, do you really need to? This is who we're going after? This is, I mean, can't you just like go after someone bigger? Like just go after some fucking asshole who does a lot of damage. Yeah, go, if you have a
1: problem with whatever these, you know, I said Twisted Sister or Molly Crew, whoever it's supposed to be about, then go, go shit on
0: them your boy Sting heard the song and was like now nah, you've done it like this is an amazing song and so and so Knopfler because they they you know, they, would hang out in the same circles and Sting was over in the studio like listening to it and I was like holy shit he was like floored which you think about all the stuff that Sting wrote for the police and this floored him it's you know it's yeah. high, high compliment of course. so Knopfler's like well why don't you add some shit to it so he all those voices are Sting He does a bunch of harmonies through the chorus too. And that, um, that, I want my MTV, that's don't stand so close to me. Um, and uh, yeah, so, you know, he's kind of all over this. He was given a song credit for, for adding his vocals. Was he given a
1: song credit? He was, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it definitely adds a fun layer to the song uh, for sure. Um, the song's eight minutes long.
0: Yeah. So the, right. The studio version is, and the video is like four and a half. It, right. So to be fair, the, the, the first, like almost like minute and a half are just, uh, I want my and you know and um, kind of drawn out with like effects and interesting sounds or whatever but you, you wouldn't necess- you don't hear that on the radio right. that's all gone uh, Dire Straits is not um, not shy about doing long songs like uh, one of their albums is like five songs I can't remember what, two albums before this or something the first song is like 14 minutes so they're not they're not shy about this shit
1: I have to be in Dire Straits to listen to Dire Straits really yeah
0: I like them yeah I think I, I really appreciate Knopfler he I want to get this to say, it was a, a, one more thing about this song, and then we'll move to Na for a second. Um, you're right, he emulated ZZ Top's guitar. Like this does not sound like his guitar on Money for Nothing. Um, it is let's see here's, here's what ZZ Top sounds like their guitar. It's like a really tinny um it's a it's a Fender uh ugh, it's a Les Paul through a particular type of amp. Um it's a very like mid-range and tinny kind of distorted guitar sound. That's not what Knopfler normally sounds like. I'll I'll play what he normally sounds like. But he wanted to emulate that. So by um so they he did use a Les Paul through the same amp. I think it's a Laney amp. But then I guess the the way the sound came out was sort of a mistake. Uh usually when you're recording guitar, you put two microphones on it to get different um different sounds from different parts of the amp. And one of them was accidentally pointed down to the floor. And the guy, you know, who's behind the desk listening as, as they're trying to get the tones down, heard it and was like, that's it. Stop it right there. So you've got one, you know, you got one microphone pointed at the amp, one microphone pointed straight down at the, at the ground. And they didn't uh, normally, you know, when you're mixing it down to you, you'd add other effects to the guitar, to anything afterwards. And they didn't, they didn't, they, this is just purely what came from those microphones that they used on the, on the, um, on the record, Hmm. which I think is very interesting. It's, it's, it's a unique, it's unique to what, you know, to it's unique to that time period. We'll never ever hear a guitar sound like, like that again, Hmm. but that, that was his emulation of ZZ top. The other cool thing about this recording and the album won a Grammy for best engineering, which is interesting because they pretty much recorded it in one room. this like 20 by 25 room. And normally we don't, do that. Like what you want from a recording is every instrument to be isolated in its own space. So like, you know, when you record, and that's why a lot of times you record all this stuff separate. Like you would record the drums first somewhere because you don't want bleed to happen from the sound of another instrument in your microphone. So like say, you know, I'm singing and I'm singing and there's a drummer in the corner. We don't want the drum sounds to come through my singing mic because then it really makes it hard to mix it. You you can't get rid of it once it's in there. You want to you want you want to have isolation to the track so that you can affect it and it alone. Um and that's not how they recorded this one. So there was a lot of bleed throughout the entire album. So you get so what you end up getting is a, is the sound of the room. You can't leave the sound of the room. It's it's uh it's it's a part of this album, but it just sounded good enough. Um that they got a Grammy for it. So hmm. yeah. Thought that was interesting. But Mark Knopfler, so I know you don't like Sultans of Swing, but one of the most impressive things that I've ever heard is the isolated guitar track of Mark Knopfler on Sultans of Swing. And I'm going to tweet that out too, but I want to play a little bit all right. too. It's just him. And what makes it so amazing is it's a one take. He's playing, if you're familiar with that song, he plays like some rhythm stuff and he's playing all these flourishes in between and then he even goes into a solo later on. And he can't, like, he does this in one take. Hear the flamenco, den it in. flourishes into the solo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So when you're, doing, when you're doing guitar tracks, normally what happens is you lay down the rhythm tracks first. And then later on, you add in the flourishes. And then later on, you add in the solo. No, he plays all of it in one take, all, straight through the song. Um, so I have a, I have the, uh, I have a, a YouTube clip with, the, with that entire track that I'll, 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 uh, I'll send out. No, it's, I
1: mean, it's obviously impressive. Super I, yeah, impressive. Yeah, I just think the song itself is- It's such a great song. If I never, never heard Dire Straits again, I'd, I'd be more than happy. Damn. Yeah.
0: The other one, I, I will tweet out, uh, uh sailing to Philadelphia. It was a beautiful song that he recorded in, in, 2000 with, uh, with James Taylor. And you can once again hear, um, his like amazing facility on it. this time on an acoustic guitar and the recording is it's, it's a, a, beautifully recorded song. Like it's, it's super pristine and clean and, and, and awesome. I mean, I would, so he doesn't have like the best voice that's ever, but it has a lot of character and really fits, I think, with uh, with that acoustic style of, mm. of music. So that's it with uh, money for nothing. Yeah, I give free. this
1: song. Uh, I'll give Back to the Future right away. Give Back to the Future an A. Uh, I give this song a C plus. Okay, what do you give Back to the Future? A minus. What do you give this? A minus, man. What
0: do you give this movie? I mean, what do you give, I'm sorry, we give I this can't song. give. I, if I'm gonna give Sounds of the Lambs and Pulp Fiction an A, I can't give Back to the Future an A. Those what do you are give, better. What do you films? give this song? B plus? <laughs> <laughs> don't be as dejected as uh, Lorraine was in, in the first half of the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dire straight. Uh, where I was. Yes. Hmm. Okay, so this is uh, interesting. I don't know exactly when this was, but when I was trying to think about... I don't know exactly when this story was, but it was in this time period. Because we're in September of 85 right now. In we're in September of 85. So I'm about to turn seven, um, and I'm living in... I, I think I've just moved to North Andover because I'm going to a elementary school. I believe it was called Franklin in um, North Andover. I, I spent my first, I went to, um, I went to Massachusetts schools until fourth grade when I moved to Hooksit And then it was, you know, Hookshead Manchester, but for years. So I have um, extended family members. I would think they are cousins of my grandmother and I can, I'm going to say their names because uh, they've, they've passed. They're really sweet people. Um, uh, Rena and Charlie. And they, cousins of my grandfather, I think actually, they own, they're really sweet. They're always around, always at family functions, just, just very sweet, sweet, kind, kind, kind people. They owned a, uh, a, a three-unit um, apartment building in Lawrence, Massachusetts. And I think they'd owned it forever. A lot of my family settled in, in Lawrence at some point. And so I was born in Lawrence General Hospital. So they own this, this, uh, this, this three-unit and they lived downstairs. My mom, my sister, and I lived in the second floor. And my aunt lived on the, on the upstairs. And so we would go up and visit or down and visit kind of all the time. And, uh, and you know, we, 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 uh, we, were, we were there for, for a bit. But they decided that they wanted to sell and move elsewhere. You know, I'm sure property values had gone up probably a lot at that point. And they were going to sell a street unit, get into a single family or a condo or something. I think they moved to a condo. And, uh, maybe they were getting kind of closer to retirement age. So, so they sold the building, but we remained there for some time afterwards. But the owners, the new owners of the building wanted us out. Mm. Like they wanted to put, I think their family in, um, I can't remember where they were from, but I think they were an immigrant family. And so they want, you know, they wanted to bring some other families there. And it was a great opportunity for them to, they had this three apartment house. I could put a bunch of family members there. They wanted us out. And I, we must have had a lease for a certain amount of time, so we weren't, you know, we weren't gonna, we, we we weren't gonna leave, and we didn't really have a lot of places to go. We weren't, we didn't have a lot of money. You um, probably in the schools too and
1: everything, right?
0: Yeah. So there was all sorts of stuff, but um are you about to get into? The school I think that I was still going to North Andover schools somehow. So maybe I was using oh, like okay. the residence of my grandparents in order to do that because I was in North Andover for for second, third oh, grade. Okay, but but there stuff around uh, there. Probably other reasons, probably cost of living and all sorts of sure. stuff. So like we couldn't North Andover is really wealthy. I think probably still is, but wasn't oh, the time. Okay. So yeah. we couldn't afford to live there, yeah. uh, but we needed to be close enough by to go to the schools. And you know, I'm sure. Right. I'm sure. So they wanted us out. So they were doing things like um, shutting our electricity off. Oh no. Um, sh- <laughs> shutting the plumbing town, our water off. Uh <laughs> turning the heat off, like fucking with us to try to get. Yeah. Asshole people. And like I had, you know, protective uncles who would come by and like try to talk to them. At one point, I guess there was an altercation. They pulled a knife on one of my uncles. Oh my God. Yeah. It started to get really fucked up. Um, so, so it got to the point where we couldn't live there anymore and we're like, fine, you know, but we, so in the middle of the night we like packed up and left, I guess. And it could be possible maybe um that a family member may or family friend who knows may have stuffed all the pipes with like rotten onions
1: oh god before we left may have
0: oh my god just to kind of give them a little bit of a fuck off as we were as we were leaving for treating us so shitty so i think it would have made it maybe hard to identify where that nasty smell would have been coming from and then hard to figure out how to get it all out of there that that might have happened but yeah so i think that's where i was uh getting um kind of badgered until we left our home.
1: Someone's listening to this. Like remembering Corrado! the horrible, horrible smell. <laughs> yes. Of my DS I oh, that's it what down. that was. Yes. Yeah. Oh,
0: God, It was a weird, rough time. Oh, those, those early years were, were tough. Yeah. Uh, but then we went and moved to, um, we went and live with my, my grandparents and, uh, i stayed there for a little bit until I think probably for the next year. And then, and then moved in, uh, to a, to a home with a new stepdad, uh, the for my third grade year before we moved to to Hooksit. so that's where I was. Hmm. Yeah,
1: rotten onions, <sighs> rotten onions. Okay,
0: oh. 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 it smelled bad.
1: <laughs>
0: it smelled really <laughs> bad, nasty.
1: Uh, some headlines. Uh, September nineteenth. Yes, Mexico City had a eight earthquake that killed five thousand people. Um, aftershocks on September 20th. So the very next day was 7.5 Jesus. And in April 30th of the following year, there was a 7.0 aftershock in that same fault.
0: Those are not fucking around. No. Have you ever experienced an earthquake? I've never experienced her. Have you? Very small one when I was living in, uh, in Oakland, actually I was in Alameda and I, I j- just kind of had a little bit of a shimmy, but you know, it was, I think it was an 8.0 that shook san francisco that dropped part of the bay bridge i mean these are not oh these are huge eight is not Uh, fucking around
1: three point i'm sorry between three and four billion dollars in damages in 1985 not surprised 412 buildings collapsed and so this was by far the number one story like like front page new york times and it's mexico city yeah but it was such a you know 8.0 is a legit earthquake so um, this was front page news the entire rest of the week after this happened.
0: The shocking part is only five thousand people died. I mean, I know that right? is ripe for. I know way bigger disaster. This
1: was not like this wasn't exactly on Mexico City. They're the ones that got the brunt of the damage. Sure. it was like know, a few miles to the uh, west. Still, um, man. but but yeah, but obviously it, it really hit them hard, and I said these aftershocks didn't help either. Crazy, so. um, interesting uh, story there. Okay, September eighteenth. Steve Jobs resigned from Apple. Oh, right. Jobs lost a power struggle to uh, CEO. He brought in a guy named John Scully. Uh, Jobs brought him over from Pepsi. Uh, mm. And him and Scully had a power struggle almost immediately, like within two years. Really? And uh, Scully had the, got the board on his side. And they based, first they took all of Jobs' power away. Yep. And then Jobs was like, well, I'm going to create a new company. And they're like, well, if you do that, then you're gone. Yeah. And he did. And then he created the Next Computers. Uh, and then uh, Apple eventually was so desperate because after Scully took over, they actually eventually a few they threw Scully out, like like boards Yeah, because it didn't work. They brought somebody else in. He actually wasn't terrible. The next guy they brought in was terrible. And then they brought Jobs back. Uh, and part of that was buying this next computer thing uh, to get Jobs to come back.
0: I'm sure Jobs was a fucking nightmare to deal with but he was a genius like he knew what people from from a ux and ui perspective user interface perspective, perspective from a product perspective he was a fucking genius
1: it was really interesting reading the articles in 1985 like the perspective of him in 1985 is different than the one we have now obviously what are they
0: talking about him more of as, as a tyrant a little bit yeah. like even
1: Wozniak's like because Wozniak had left apple a couple of months earlier that's right and he was like yeah, Jobs is the kind of guy that needs to be always in charge. And meanwhile, Jobs and Wozniak remained friends like their entire yeah, life. Yeah. But even Wozniak was like, "No, this is a guy that really needs to be in charge." Yeah. But it was funny; he was almost like kind of like a boy wizard type, yeah, like thing. And like, uh, and you know, that's how they were framing him in, the, in, his, in this newspaper. Uh, and uh, they kind of—I think the headline even was "The Rise and Fall of mm. a Genius" or something like that. So it was painting Jobs as a failure. Yeah. Which was, which was interesting.
0: That is interesting because um, he comes back. When does he come back to April? Early, ni- early 90s? I think it's even like late 90s, right? That long? Jesus. Maybe it's
1: yeah somewhere in there. In mid 90s, we'll call it that. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Um, but right, and then he, he like comes 10 back. 10 years, yeah. And, but even that takes a little while to kind of get his... But still they go on a massive run. I mean... Right. No, they do the iMac yeah. and then after that, it's just off and running. Yeah. And obviously, I'm holding an iPhone right now. Exactly. Um, September 20th, uh, John DeLorean was indicted on charges of fraud. That He took $9 million of company money for himself, but he would later be acquitted of all charges. Oh. Now, this is a really interesting thing. And I think that he, few people in this country have been fucked over by uh, the government more than John DeLorean. So John DeLorean was a famous car designer uh, who wanted to create his own company. John DeLorean, meanwhile, a terrible business person. Yeah. The company almost immediately went under because he was making the cars super nice. Yeah, he was making, He only
0: they only did like 50 a year.
1: Yeah, I think they did. I think this was one run they might have done a bit more. I think Maybe. they made it like 2000 or something of this one kind of car they were trying to mass produce. Yeah. But even mass produce, the quality of the car, like he was not allowing enough money for profits. He was putting so much more into the quality of the car. All he cared about was the car being a good car when you're a business person, you need to think about profit. Sure. So the company immediately falls into a rough spot. He then gets a call from a government informant who's not identifying himself as such yeah. about a cocaine deal um, and he basically, it's caught in a, like a, it's a $9 million cocaine deal that the government basically brings DeLorean
0: into. Why? Had,
1: he had no connection to these guys at all. Why would they do that? Uh, because they wanted to get a high profile, I think, drug bust.
0: Fucking assholes. And
1: they bring him, they, he gets arrested for it. <sighs> His name is ruined. His company goes from bad to worse. And he's his name is dragged through the mud. His prior, he had, just like a lot of people back then, had used cocaine. Yeah. So that all came out. But his lawyer brought up one witness and basically said, who called who? He brought up his secretary. And the secretary said, no, I have a call log right here. They <laughs> called us. Immediately found not guilty by entrapment. Fuck. But as he's leaving the courthouse, he's still somber. And someone asked him, he's like, well, you are going to get your company back together again? John Orwell's like, would you even buy a used car from me?
0: I mean, now, now I'm attached to this like huge cocaine deal. That's what the public knows. Of course.
1: And it was a very high
0: profile. Yeah.
1: And, um, so that's 1982, that 83, that all happens. Remember now we're in 1985. This was the government trying to get him again. They made this never happened by the way, this whole thing where he took $9 million of company money to, I guess, go on vacations and stuff. This didn't. He was comp- he was acquitted of all of these charges. This was the government once again trying to get DeLorean again fuckers. because they were so embarrassed by the first one. Uh, they were trying to get
0: take the it? loss, go away, fuckers. They went after him again, uh, and, they, and they took another L. I, so I know nothing about this, but I wonder. I mean, they can see they have the power to seize all your funds and shit too. They could have stopped. They might have stopped him from being able to do anything.
1: Oh, he was he was hurt again by uh. this. This didn't help. And you know, if you ask just the average person on the street about John DeLorean, who you know, who maybe was alive liar at the time. You know, the word crook comes out a lot. You have kind of... Oh. I know myself, I'm like, oh, isn't he kind of a scummy guy? What happened there? And ends up the guy was just... A guy that had a failing business, was an easy target for the government to go after. That they knew, yes, may have used drugs. They did use drugs recreationally. So they bring him into this. Sure. And, um, and they end up getting him... They double-dipped in this guy twice, lost both times, to DeLorean's credit. But by then, he was... I know. It, it was it's really late. I mean, I'll don't get least... me wrong. His company would have failed anyway because he's a yeah, title yeah, yeah, business yeah, yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. But it is funny that all this happened the same week that Back to the Future is number one. Right. So think about it though, like, you know, let's say he never gets hurt by the government. Let's say that he, he just lives his life. Maybe he sells a shit ton. Maybe the Back to the Future thing is enough to keep his company right. going.
0: Yeah. Who does not? I wanted a DeLorean. I want one now. Yeah.
1: And so, you know, you wonder if no one had ever intervened on him, would, would, it, would he have? He couldn't have done any worse. The poor guy's name was completely destroyed.
0: DeLorean, if you're still alive and you're He's listening to The Pocket. Yet.
1: Fuck! He died. he died at 80, I think, in 2005. Something like that. He died. And he wasn't penniless by any means. He was able to get some other things going. and um, But he was never... I mean, he went from being like the... Yeah. He was the car designer to get. And he finally had enough money to do his own thing. And then um, it wasn't going well. I mean, it was, he probably would have failed. But... He still got screwed. At least his name wouldn't have been fucking destroyed. Exactly. Now, now the guy's company fails and no car company's ever going to touch him again. Well, that's the thing. Someone could He's have after this,
0: even if his car company failed, they could have said, listen, you're a genius. Let me hand the business shit. You, you come up with the design stuff and we'll, and we'll do this together. Or like, let's
1: say Ford is like, you know what? You're a genius. What's I'm going to buy your company from you just right. so like, cause now it's in this hit movie. Yeah. Like, there's so many yeah, different so ways many it could have gone, but because all this shit went down, he was instantly toxic. And in fact, he was so appreciative of the fact that Bob Zemeckis used a DeLorean because Ford Mustang went to um, Zemeckis. Really? Offered him 70 grand to use a, a Mustang. And uh, they went to the Stu movie studios. And Zemeckis uh-huh. said, no way, Doc Brown would never drive a fucking Mustang. <laughs> yes. And he's right. He's right. Of course, Doc Brown's going to drive a DeLorean. And DeLorean wrote handwritten notes to both Bob Gill and Robert Zemeckis, thanking them for using the car. Despite all the scandal that surrounded him, he was so appreciative. He's like, you know, finally, my car gets to. You know the the, the the appreciation it deserves without any of my toxic stain on it. Yeah. So yeah, really kind of a sad American tale, John DeLorean. Um, I don't know. It, it definitely I was looking at it I really me the wrong way. That's a that's a sad story. Yeah. Uh, that's all the headlines I got. Okay. Um, we are back on Saturday with Pete's Big Adventure. But if you're hearing this, and uh, take on me too, and take on me, which I'm yeah. much more excited to talk about than sure. uh Die Straits. Uh. <laughs> Uh, if you're hearing this, then it means nominations are open. I'm only taking the first 16. So if you have a movie, because there's not a day that goes by where, not a day, where someone's like, why don't you cover this movie? If there's a movie that you want us to finally cover, tweet it's, it's at your, Quantum Week yeah. um, and say, I want, you know, please cover this movie, Quantum Week. Whatever it is, and make sure you just tag me because I, I just don't want to miss it.
0: I need to clarify something. Sure. So you said if you're listening now, go do it. But we, we talked about it earlier at 6 a.m. that they can start doing this. This will go out at 5 a.m.
1: I need to hear you now. 5, 5 a.m. is
0: fine? If, if, just do oh, it. Well, just, I just didn't know just if you wanted
1: to be. Just do it. But nominations Stick will up. close, though, at the end of the week. So it's either 16, my first 16 that do it.
0: Well, it's going to come quick.
1: I hope so, but who knows? Or it's going to close because I have to do the polls by the very next week. So okay. uh, if you're hearing this and it's the final week of November, if you're hearing this in whatever, four years from now, I guess don't do it. I guess you
0: could do it, but do it anyway. You're kind of weird, but it's <laughs>
1: uh, But if you're hearing it in the week of the stairs, go quick uh, at, you know, make sure you tag at quantum week and make sure you tag uh, me. And then I will make sure that gets added to my little spreadsheet I'm going to create. Lovely. And also big thanks to two tours. Yes. Thank uh, you. Don't forget you go to tours.com uh, promo code quantum week. You get 10% off. QW. Q- 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 oh my God. Promo code QW. That's yeah. why Matt's here. And you can get uh, 10% off free shipping.
0: Reasons, many reasons why I'm here.
1: Uh, and uh, a <laughs> huge thank you to Grandpa and Chill. Check out their podcast. See you in the next one.